DP, a weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 31 of Season 3, and we've got an out-of-town guest this week. Former Channel 1450 reporter Chase Sr. joins me to talk about his experience covering the Super Bowl this year, and we look back on his time here in Springfield. But first, what I saw in the past week last Thursday... What a game between Pleasant Plains and Porta for the 2A Riverton Regional title. A much better game if you're a Cardinals fan. The Blue Jays won the conference with a dominating performance just eight days before. This time, Plains gets the win and the Cardinals advance to sectionals. On Friday, I made the trip over to Champaign to cover boys individual state wrestling all weekend long. On Friday night, we had Joey Rusick, Drew Davis, Bentley Wise, Dawson McConnell, Oliver Cooley, and Max Wiesork wrestling in the semifinals. Rusick... Davis and Wise all win on Friday night and wrestled for state titles on Saturday night. Podium placers on Saturday included Oliver Cooley in second place, Ben Maduina, Dawson McConnell, and Dylan Eimer in fourth, Max Wiesork in fifth, and Nolan Yeary in sixth place. Saturday night, Bentley Wise wins the 1A 150-pound state title, Olympia Wrestling's first state title in over 20 years. Glenwood's Drew Davis comes up just short of the three-peat, Still an incredible career as a two-time state champion with a runner-up in his senior season. Davis is one of the best to ever do it when it comes to Channel 1450 wrestling history. Speaking of history, Auburn senior Joey Rusick, who's headed to wrestle in the Big Ten next season for the Illini. Rusick wins the Class 1A 126-pound state title to complete his three-peat. Rusick is the GOAT. What a career. That also includes a couple national titles. Sunday night. Great turnout for the Sports Radio 1450 Trivia Night. Thanks to all who attended that. Monday night started at Calvary, where the Saints put up 27 points in the first quarter on their way to an 80 spot against Lutheran High. The Saints go marching into the New Berlin Regional, which is where I finished my Monday night. The Pretzels beat Pawnee with defense and advanced to Wednesday night to play Calvary. On Tuesday night, I started in Taylorville for the 2A team duel sectional matches between Lincoln and Muhammad Seymour and Glenwood and Mount Vernon on the wrestling side. The rail splitter season comes to an end with a tough loss to the Bulldogs. The Titans beat Mount Vernon relatively easily to punch their ticket to the Elite Eight on Friday night. The Titans will wrestle Riverside Brookfield on Friday night at 7 p.m. in Bloomington for a spot in the Final Four and a team trophy on Saturday. Ended my Tuesday night in Decatur where the Glenwood Titans dominated the Mount Zion Braves in the Decatur 3A girls basketball sectional. The Titans will play for a sectional title against QND on Thursday. On Wednesday night, I was in Chatham, Girard, and New Berlin. First, the Auburn Trojans beat North Mac after a slow start. Then, the Glenwood Titans handle business over Taylorville. The Rochester Rockets take down Jacksonville. And the Route Rockets beat Griggsville Perry in triple overtime in the Pretzel Dome. And Calvary beats New Berlin in the nightcap. All right, so a busy week, and it only gets busier. On Thursday night, we have three girls teams playing for a sectional title. The Lincoln Rail Splitters will travel to East Peoria to take on Morton at 6 p.m. for a sectional title. The winner will advance to Monday Super Sectional, which is at LaSalle, Peru High School. Another 3A sectional title game is in Decatur. The Glenwood Titans will play Quincy Notre Dame at 6 p.m. The winner advances to the Highland Super on Monday at 7 p.m. At the 2A level, the Pleasant Plains Cardinals will play Camp Point Central in Beardstown at 7 p.m. The winner heads to the Vandalia Super Sectional on Monday at 7 p.m. On Friday night this week, every single boys basketball regional championship will be played at the exact same time. We will get to as many as we can, but we will prioritize teams 
that won their conference titles. Also, like I said, Friday night is Glenwood Wrestling in the quarterfinals against Riverside Brookfield. That is a 7 p.m. start at Grossinger Motors Arena in Bloomington. On Friday during the day, the girls' individual state wrestling tournament is happening in Bloomington. We will have highlights of the quarterfinals on Friday afternoon. On Saturday, we will have Glenwood Wrestling if they win on Friday night in the Final Four. And if any girls wrestlers make it to the semifinals, we'll get that on Saturday morning and state championships Saturday afternoon. Also Saturday, keep an eye on the Millican women's basketball team playing in Bloomington for a conference title and the Illinois College Blue Boys on Saturday playing at home for what would be a conference title if they win on Friday. That's in Jacksonville. Jumping to Monday next week, it's Girls Super Sectional Monday. We will hopefully have three teams, Lincoln, Glenwood, and Pleasant Plains, all playing on Monday. Tuesday night and Wednesday night next week are boys' sectional semifinal matchups, so we will see who is playing and get to as many games as we can. That's a wrap on what's coming up on Channel 1450. Let's get to this week's guest. It's my good friend, Chase Sr. All right. I'd like to welcome in my very good friend, Chase Sr., to the podcast this week. It's a catch-up week. I uh, I wanted to give you a little bit of time um, to recover after uh, going to Vegas, but I, I got to know, man, how, how cool was it to to attend Vegas Super Bowl week and, and get to do all the those great things. Yeah, I appreciate you reaching out, DP. Always good catching up with you. And thanks for giving me that grace period after the Super Bowl because it was <laughs> certainly a crazy week. When you go to something like this, we're on Super Bowl Radio Row, and when I'm covering a team that's actually in the game, it gets really busy, really hectic, but it's honestly a dream come true. Like, I've wanted to do this since I was five years old. I've wanted to be on the big stage. I've wanted to cover the NFL. So to be able to go to the Super Bowl in back-to-back years and to cover a team in the Super Bowl in consecutive years has been just an incredible experience. So when you go to something like this, there's media availability for players and coaches. And in this instance, we're in Las Vegas, so both teams are staying by design about 40 minutes away from the Las Vegas Strip. So a couple of days you venture out there and you interview some players and for me to be up close and personal with some future Hall of Famers, pro bowlers, and all pros, it's pretty wild and surreal. You're talking to Patrick Mahomes, you're talking to Travis Kelsey, and because of the whole Taylor Swift craze, the popularity around him is wild. And then on the Niners side, you know, you're interviewing Brock Purdy, George Kittle, Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, and for me, Growing up in Philadelphia to see Andy Reid in this game in back-to-back years after he was in Philly for 14 years and he made it to five NFC Championship games, only one Super Bowl appearances. He was known as the coach who could never win the big game and now he just won his third Super Bowl and Kyle Shanahan is kind of the new Andy Reid who hasn't been able to win the Super Bowl in the big game yet. He's had some collapses. Worlds kind of collide and then when you're on Super Bowl Radio Row, it's just a who's who of different celebrities different media members current former players are walking around and we had a table set up kind of like a sports radio set up where guests would come on you throw on the headset and then you just chop it up for 10 15 20 minutes we were able to get some really good content there and obviously i'm not to the point of being a marquee media member yet but you're in the same area you're in the same room you're on the same level as some of those people you see Stephen a smith walking around you have a opportunity to watch and listen in on pat mcafee espn fox sports nbc
media outlets are there and then of course a lot of people are there internationally as well it's just pretty cool to be able to sit back and say wow all the hard work that i put in me having to overcome some adversities in life me dreaming about this coming to fruition it's special and it all started out of college at channel 1450 <laughs> which really got me on the right road man yeah i got i got so many follow-ups there but i want to start with just the grind um that's that's what we did that's how we we got started and uh when we were doing those things man it it was it wasn't like work you know it was work but we were grinding and it was fun um so the opportunity there you know you have a limited amount of time but like you said there's so many opportunities so much content to be had and it all gets consumed how did you try to balance you know getting to experience that but also you know putting out as much stuff as you possibly can yeah you're so right like you and i and zach kirker we'd be down in the office until 1 a.m 2 a.m after a friday of football and we didn't feel as though it was work we had a job to do and it was our duty to give central illinois the best high school football coverage out there and i think that we were able to do that in a really innovative and creative and personal sense where now you've grown it into an empire and we grew it into an empire then where we were the go-to destination for high school sports in central illinois and you look at what some of the local television stations do what some of the local newspapers do some other people who try to get in on the digital game it's just not even close because the level of work and dedication that it requires to put out such a great product and to have that connection with your audience, that's years in the making. And that's a lot of late hours. And on some of those late Friday nights where we'd be driving all around the state and then have to drive back to the Sports Radio 1450 offices, Newhoff Media, and we're grinding in the lab late, We'd have to also get up then the next Saturday morning and we'd have to go to a cross-country event or a soccer game or some type of playoff game. And, you know, as I mentioned, like, this is something that I've always wanted to do. You know, I realized that I wasn't going to be able to be a professional athlete, but I wanted to be a part of sports because sports like food, like art, like music, very few things, they bring people together of all walks of life so i was able to do that and you're able to do that on the local level there at 1450 but that grind and the work ethic and the passion all kind of started there and 1450 gave me a good idea of what it takes to be able to relate to an audience for people to be able to gravitate toward your content what works what doesn't the importance of always evolving never being content of being creative and different and having a unique spin on things and that's what i've tried to do throughout my entire career and frankly that's why i got out of the news business because i wasn't able to do that enough i wasn't able to share my opinions in the local television business it's a type of mindset which is what makes 1450 great oh we've always done it this way why change and so with my content now, that's exactly what I try to do. And I have a 49ers channel that has 130,000 YouTube subscribers. We reached 5 million people over the last month. 
And then I have an Eagles channel as well that has 70,000 subscribers, and that was reaching millions of people during the football season too. And it's a really just awesome opportunity. So when you go to something like this, you have to maximize that finite window to answer your question. And so we fly there, we get to Vegas on Monday, and I do a couple of shows from Radio Row after we get set up. And then at Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders play, there's Super Bowl opening night, and that's when everybody from all over the world goes to this event and they ask any types of questions that they can. And then Tuesday, we travel to the team hotels and we got some more player interviews there, but then we came back to Radio Row to do some more shows and interviews. Wednesday, I'm on Radio Row and we had all these interviews scheduled with Darren Woodson, three-time former All-Pro, hopefully a future Hall of Famer at some point, won three titles with the Cowboys. We sat down with Teron Armstead of the Miami Dolphins. He's a multi-time pro bowler, right tackle. We sat down with Britton Covey, who's an Eagles wide receiver and punt returner. And so that day was a heavy radio road day where I'm also interacting with other content creators who cover the Niners to give my audience a different look from their perspective of covering the team. And then Thursday, more shows on Radio Row. And then I go back to the team hotels and I interview more players there. And obviously I'm putting all of this content on my channels, but under the Chat Sports umbrella, we cover, I think, around 22 NFL teams. So any types of content that I'm getting during these interviews, whether it be player availability or sit-down interviews, all of this content can be distributed company-wide. So I'm almost a point guard in the sense where I'm getting my own content, but then anything that's kind of relevant for the other channels, we send it back to our Chat Sports studios in Dallas, and other people are able to use that. And then Friday, the last day, uh, you know, I'm on Radio Road doing a lot of shows. And while you're doing this, you're in Las Vegas, right? So you want to have a good time, but you're getting to Radio Row anytime from 8 a.m., 9 a.m. And then we were there until like 8 p.m. And then we'd go out to dinner and we'd have a couple of drinks and then you got to turn it back and you got to do the whole thing over again. And I'm on this running streak that's approaching 300 days because I'm definitely like very into health, wellness, and fitness. So you're having to do all that. So you manage it. Uh, you get done that week. You have to take a deep breath. I still had to do my Super Bowl show. We do watch parties for games on Sunday. And that was a pretty amazing way to round everything out. The Niners did lose, so that was a bummer. But we had 2 million people tune into our live show. So all of the hard work that you put in, really from July when training camp starts, all the way through the Super Bowl, is kind of just celebrated with just a great company success like that. You talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, the, the fact that what we do at Channel 1450 is so successful. Uh, I get people that ask me that all the time, like, why isn't there more of this? Or why don't people do this in other places? Um, and, you know, the hard work is, is one answer. Um, but I, I give the answer, and I know you agree with this. It's it's the relationships, man. It's it's the reason that it's successful is because we build relationships with not only the players but the coaches, the communities, um, and that's the reason it got us through COVID and, and kept the company alive um, was because those coaches were willing to do that. So my question to you is um, the, the channel that you've built and the audience that you've built and continue to build um, is, is, like you said, for 
an NFL team. Um, you don't have a personal relationship with Kyle Shanahan that I know of or Brock Purdy or those guys. Um, but you, in your shows and in your content, are relatable to the audience. And you you get what the people want. And I think it's the same reason that Pat McAfee has had the success that he's had in the last you know, two, three, four years where – People want to be relatable and they want to understand where you're coming from and, and be a part of it. They want to they want to feel like they are you know there or asking those questions and you know Pat is as real as it gets when he sits down with somebody and and finds a way to to relate to them and talk to them like a normal person like a conversation. So how do you do that in your content and in building your audience now when um, you don't have the relationship that I have with Nick Beard or Derek Leonard or Aaron Coons? It's it's obviously a larger scale, but what what do you do now to relate to the audience and continue to build? Yeah, I think why media has changed and why a lot of people don't really watch mainstream media as much as far as a way to get their news is because people aren't relatable. And I think we do a good job of being relatable. And then the other word on top of being relatable is authenticity. I think authenticity is something that people are craving in the media space right now where they want to be able to relate to somebody, but Pat McAfee, pardon my take, us, we've been able to grow and we've been able to really take off and have a firm stranglehold over an audience is because of relatability and authenticity. We keep it real. We're personable. We have a good personality. We're not on television talking like this and everything is so scripted and corny and we don't follow an agenda we just kind of follow our passions we follow our interests and i think that's one of the biggest things that you can really do in this space is to give people something that's compelling that's creative that's innovative that's insightful and my quote-unquote sales pitch to everybody when I'm on air and I'm telling them to to subscribe to the channel because naturally more subscribers equals more eyeballs equals more views equals more money generated is if you want entertaining, insightful, informative content every single day, make sure you subscribe because here we're going to keep you in the know with all of the moves that the Niners make all of the news that surrounds this football team. And if you want to be informed and learn about the game of football, this is your go-to spot. And we did that at 1450. So it's the authenticity, it's the relatability, but it's also the hard work, dedication, and passion that goes into honing your craft as an on-air personality because you have to be good. If you're bad and you're stumbling over your words and you clearly look inexperienced and you're vanilla and boring people just aren't going to come back so you got to give them a reason to come back and there's a dedication into knowing and understanding the game doing a lot of studying being able to have some foresight for me i've always loved broadcasters who are thought-provoking who make you think who challenge different ideas and you know, I'm not going to say that I agree with all of these people, but I like part of my take for that reason. I like Pat McAfee. I like Colin Cowherd because all of these people make me think. You know, recently, 
I've started to like watch and listen to people like Joe Rogan more and Tucker Carlson again like this isn't an insight into my political opinions and preferences but they make me think and I come away from it and I'm I have an open mind always but to be able to be more open-minded to different types of ideas and perspectives I think is really important because then you tie that back to who I'm reaching out to. I have an audience and I look at the analytics that watches from literally everywhere in America. We have people tuning in from the UK, the Philippines, Australia, Asia. So if I'm going to be relating to all of these people and I'm going to be talking to all of these people, I have to give them reasons why they can trust me with the information, but to also be entertaining, but to also be a person who isn't just restricted to one area of the country, one area of the world, because I understand I'm casting a wide net reaching out to all of these people. And, you know, this is on, you know, worldwide national level. 1450, I thought, did that and does that so well at a local level. Like, you're ringside covering wrestling and obviously that's a different demographic than it is when you go to a cross-country football basketball game and then you go to a soccer game and you cover that so it's the work of understanding all those different sports but all of those sports are different audiences the athletes are a little bit different and i think people just trust you they trust 1450 to be that source and that's what keeps them coming back, but they know what they're going to be getting, and they know that they're going to be informed. They know that you're going to do your job as far as relaying what's going to go down in that game, whether it be a big play, a mistake, an officiating mishap, a big momentum flip, and then you're able to sit down with these athletes. You're able to sit down with these players, and you can have a multitude of different conversations that are completely wide-ranging, covering a bunch of different subject matters so you can't just limit yourself and you got to be authentic and that's why things like um uh 10 question tuesday if i if i remember it correctly like work um that's why unique content like big nasties work and then you have highlights and then you have feature stories and then you have competitions and then you have sit down interviews it's just like you always got to continue to evolve you got to create, you got to innovate, you, you always got to keep it moving, you can't be content and just settle, but then, yeah, like I like I keep saying, you just got to be able to be relatable, and that's what I try to do. I want to ask you about the, the run streak, um, and, and I want to preface it by saying, you know, taking care of yourself and, and getting yourself in the best possible shape um, is not only good for you physically and, and for your health, but um, mentally. Uh, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed from you, and I, I'm sure you can speak on this, is um, being able to take care of your mental health is is so important no matter what you're doing, what profession, wherever you're at, um, because you can't help other people. You can't take care of other people if you can't take care of yourself. Um, why do you think it's important, and why do you, what would you say to people in terms of you know taking that first step, getting out for that first walk or run or whatever, because um, – when you can take care of yourself, you you really present a, not only a positive, um, I don't know what the right word is, a positive person for, for everybody else, but um, mentally for you, it's got to just be so fulfilling. Yeah, definitely. Like a lot of people don't realize. 
So I graduated uh, Temple University in 2015, and then I just moved out to Springfield, Illinois after I interviewed with Kirker, and I didn't even research where I was going. I just saw, oh, I'm going to Illinois, Springfield, Illinois, Chicago. It's going to be close. I didn't realize that I was going just in the middle of nowhere, kind of in the Midwest, and I just wanted to get my career started and hit the ground running, and I was able to do that with all the experience that I had at the college level when I was on TV, radio, writing for the newspaper, had a couple of internships at um, you know, NBC Sports Philadelphia, 97.5 The Fanatics, so I was so excited to get out there, but unfortunately, shortly after I got to Illinois, I'll never forget this, I got a call from my mom on the way back from an Athens girls basketball game that she had been diagnosed with cervical cancer and that road and that drive back from Athens to Springfield was really, really difficult. And I remember I told you guys that night, Kirker and UDP, that um, my mom was diagnosed with cancer and that was like really difficult in the moment and it was very difficult for me to have to deal with that because she's in Pennsylvania, her and my stepdad built a house in Florida, they're about to move, she wants me to go after my dreams. I wanted to come back, but I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I don't really have an opportunity to spend a lot of money on a flight, nor do I really have a lot of time to go back there. And she wanted me, and she's the hardest working person, or was the hardest working person I've ever met. Um, she wanted me to, you know, go after my dreams and and stay on the attack because she understood, you know, big picture. This is what I had to do, and it's what I've always wanted to do. So. You know, then when I, I found out that a healthy person has cancer, she's my mom, I had started after I moved to Springfield to start to take fitness a little bit more seriously. Like I graduated college, I was like 220 pounds, I was fat, I was out of shape, and I've always been athletic. And I just realized like, hey, I gotta, I gotta get back in shape because I also wanna look better on camera. Um, so I started then to kind of just like prioritize fitness a little bit more. And I realized like, damn, you know, I, I would struggle to run a mile, but I'd run that mile, I'd feel really good. I was at the YMCA all the time, the new one that was built. And I was always hooping with some other people that we covered and other, you know, teenagers and adults there. Um, and that was a great time and I got done that. And I'd be like, man, I, I missed that competition. But you know, that, uh, just that feeling when you get done a workout is nice. I'd start to lift a little bit more. And then I moved back to Pennsylvania and my mom passed away uh, after her second bout with cancer because she beat it the first time after she told me what happened when I was, um, when I moved to Illinois and she had been diagnosed. So after my mom passed away in uh, 2018, I just, my, my life changed, right? Like, I was depressed, I was sad, I was in a really low spot for just a really, really long time. And at some point, after just being miserable, depressed, and sad for so long, I was like, I gotta find a way to snap out of this. And I didn't see light at the end of the tunnel, and I just felt hopeless and helpless, and I thought, I'm just always gonna feel this way, because I didn't see a scenario in which I was gonna be able to break out of it. I was heartbroken, and I was just crushed. And I watched my mom pass away, and that's not an easy thing to get through. So in order for me to kind of get over that, I started reading like a lot of David Goggins books and self-help books, and I became just really, really obsessed with working out because of the mental discipline aspect 
aspect of it and holding myself accountable. And it was something that allowed me to escape, that allowed me to deal with stress and anxiety and depression. And I would feel good every time I would go for a run. So I started working out a lot and I started meditating every single day because it was putting me in a position to succeed and deal with all of the issues that I was dealing with. And I just wanted to feel better. So over time, I've just become more disciplined and more disciplined, and I've just taken it to new levels where I've started to take that stuff really seriously because it's allowed me to be successful, and it's turned me into the person that I am today where I have mental toughness, I have discipline, and I'm able to, you know, deal with and get over, you know, past traumas and whatnot. So, um, you know, long way to answer your question, but it's kind of not an easy one to answer. I did a running streak last year, which ended at 300 days, and now um, I'm on a new one that I'm approaching 300 days. I had to stop the old one because I had like some patella tendonitis in my knee, so I needed to just kind of rest up a little bit. But now, once I get to 300, I just want to keep it moving, and um, you know, I I, I want to keep it moving. And and that that old running streak that I had. I was able to learn from it and I, I, I realized like you can't just run, like you have to stretch, you have to recover, you have to use a little bit of a Theragun, um, you have to do these types of different recovery methods so that you can, you know, build up strength everywhere, but your body kind of gets thrown out of whack if you're only just running. So I've added weightlifting to the routine, the running streak is gone, I've, uh, I've kind of expanded my health and wellness routine where I cold plunge every single day. I bought a sauna for my room that gets up to like 130, 140 degrees. So I do that every single day as part of recovery as well. And these are just all things that I've done. And it all started with me just wanting to feel better, get over some of the problems that I was dealing with from a mental health standpoint. And it's put me on the right track where now every day, you know, I just feel so blessed as compared to me you know, not caring about life and being sad, and I'm in a spot where I'm able to have all these successes, and you just got to take care of yourself. That's really what it comes down to. I appreciate you sharing that. I know part of that story is, is not easy to tell, and um, I'm, I'm thankful that you're willing to share and, and tell that because, um, man, there's so many people that are going through so many things that you you have no idea about, and um, yeah. your willingness to share that is, is awesome, so I greatly appreciate that. Um, I, I want to ask you one more question about um, just the media aspect of things and then uh, get you out of here. Um, you know, like you said, you started here, you went back to TV, um, and then you, you had the opportunity to jump on with Chat Sports, and, and you've seen that grow. Um, I think it's safe to say not even tenfold, a hundredfold probably. But, um, man, what what's with the media landscape right now and where things are at with Pat McAfee, with Scott Van Pelt doing different things, um, with so many different things changing and it changes every day with the technology um, what do you see as the future what are you setting as your goals because I mean there's really not a limit there's not a limit at all and the reason why I took the 1450 job coming out of college is because I always grew up wanting to be Colin Cowherd Scott Van Pell, Dan Patrick Rich Eisen and what I mean by that they're all guys who were on television and on radio and I've always loved both of those platforms you can be on TV you can be seen and that's a really cool platform and you can obviously have a platform in which you're talking ball 
And then on radio, it's a little bit of a different medium because that's more free-flowing as far as conversations, and you can share more opinions, and you can do interviews. And I love interviewing people because I love asking quality questions that lead to really good answers. So I took the 1450 job because we had the visual medium, and I've always enjoyed being on camera. And then you have the audio medium because we had a couple of shows on 1450 per week. And then we did some podcasting, and I did, like, sports anchor updates for the mix with Bonzi. And all of those experiences were terrific. And I was able to really do what I've always wanted to do, TV, radio. I also knew that the industry was moving in a digital direction where when I was in college in 2015, a lot of people were going to South Dakota. They're going to Wyoming. They're going some random place in America to go to a local news station. And I never did that. I didn't do that because I understood that the landscape was moving in a digital direction. And I knew that at some point down the road, that was going to be able to help me. Now, ironically enough, I did go back to local television after two years with 1450 because everybody who I reached out to, who I told what my goals were, told me that I need to get on camera more. And with 1450, as a lot of people know, you're doing highlights behind the scenes and you have opportunities to be on camera, but not as much as I needed in order to really like progress and ascend in the industry. So I went back the television route and I was able to be a reporter on one of the most watched local news stations in the country. And then once COVID hit, uh, I wasn't able to cover sports as much and I was covering a lot of news and it was just an ugly period to not want to cover news when you're forced to, when you're wanting to cover sports because that's been the dream all along. So I came to chat sports and this has just been everything I could have imagined and even more. I love living in Dallas. You get great weather about 10 months out of the year. It's extremely affordable, good food and music scene. There's plenty to do. As far as the platform, it's a combination of everything, television, radio, digital, podcasting, and to be able to have that platform and reach an audience that I do, just millions of people per month, where you're getting hundreds and thousands of views on live streams, millions of views on live streams, and then you have these videos going up in a competitive space on YouTube that are getting 20, 30, 40, 50,000 views it's incredible. And you're covering the NFL on the big stage. And this year I went to the college football national championship between Michigan and Washington. I went to the Super Bowl for the second consecutive year. End of the month, I might go to the NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis to be able to do all those things. It's just so cool. So like, I've always wanted to kind of be that Colin Cowherd type of personality where you're getting paid millions of dollars per year on a platform that is visual and audio. But I'm compensated very well here. I love who I work for. I love who I work with. I love the platform. I love what I'm able to do every day. I genuinely get excited about going to work every day, and that's one of the best things that you can have. You know, we're recording this on President's Day. I'm technically off, but I am prideful in putting out a video every single day on my channels, and I have no problem with at my at-home setup. I have a nice little microphone, a ring light, hopping on the camera and doing a show from home on my off day because... I love doing it, and I feel as though I have to provide for my viewers and listeners. So no plans on going anywhere anytime soon. I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to at some point be a cowherd or a McAfee, but in a way, I'm able to do a lot of those things on my platform right now, 
and I absolutely love my job. So not planning on going anywhere anytime soon. The grind never stops, brother. And uh, just uh, just a heads up, you know, Springfield's not too far of a detour from Indy if you uh, make that trip. Just saying. It's not. It's not. <laughs> yeah, I would fly into Indy, but I was telling you, I was looking at flights to fly from Dallas to Springfield because you can fly direct there or Dallas to St. Louis. Airfare nowadays is just so expensive for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but I, I do want to plan a trip. Maybe, I, probably for you, it'd probably be better at some point this summer just because your schedule frees up a little bit. But I also looked at driving. It's only six and a half hours. So I, I'm going to make it a point to get there at some point over the next couple of months, maybe at some point this summer when things slow down for both of us. But I, I really want to get back to Springfield because I haven't been back since your wedding. And I just want to be able to just like throw it back to the good old days and uh, be able to just hang out and reminisce a little bit. And then those relationships that, that we were able to build with one another and then our friend group are special. I'll never forget about them. And to be able to kind of rekindle that would be awesome. Yo, I'll tell Spammy to get the shots ready. We got to make sure that he's, he's stocked up. Let's close the place down. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Huge thank you to Chase for his time and great insight and conversation. That's a wrap on this week's podcast. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you next week.